Hey there, Radiant Souls. It's your host, Gina Kunadian, bursting with excitement to welcome you back to season two of the Shine Within podcast. You've been with me through our incredible first season, and now it's time to crank up the intensity. You know me, your energetic cheerleader, a mom of three fabulous boys, an empowering certified massage therapist, and the game-changing alcohol-free sobriety coach. With my trademark enthusiasm, I'm here to uplift more motivated women to break free from the chains of alcohol dependency. And guess what? We're still defining the norms with our unique non-traditional approach. Get ready to supercharge your transformation as I bring you an all new lineup of awe-inspiring guests this season. They're the powerhouses in the realms of mindset, health, and spirituality. And they're all set up to equip you with potent tips and tools. We're talking about crafting unyielding confidence, honing laser-focused clarity, and infusing your life with exhilarating energy. This season, our mission is to ignite your creative potential to even greater heights, helping you to manifest the life of your dreams, all while living vibrantly alcohol-free. So buckle up as we journey deeper into the realm of self-discovery, awakening the inner magnificence that's ready to burst forth. Season two of Shine Within is about to take you to new horizons. Get ready to experience your true power and unleash your brilliance. So if you are ready to shine even brighter, welcome. Hey, lovely listeners, if you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either sober curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus, there are special free gifts waiting for you inside the show notes, curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. If you're loving the content, I'd be also so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you're not alone on this journey. I am here for you every step of the way. In today's special episode, we are honored to welcome back Alara Dawn, a profound voice in the realms of spiritual awakening and self-realization, working with women to help them heal, rewrite their inner scripts, and live unapologetically. Alara Dawn is shaking up industries and perceptions. Known as the modern-day high priestess, founder of Pure Light 1111, and creator of the Soul Architect series, Healing Technology. She is creating waves as a spiritual life and business coach, public speaker, multidimensional channel, and energy healer. She also hosts a podcast on iTunes, Pure Light, 1111, Soul Aligned Living. She believes the future is that of the eclectic woman, one who reclaims and embodies her multifaceted self regardless of past conditioning or events, empowering the divergence and innovation needed to assist in the accelerated consciousness shifts we are experiencing on Earth presently. She is a visionary and changemaker who is using her experience to bridge between many industries going through huge evolution, including finance, business, and wellness. Her unique edge is that she has firsthand experience working within them. With a background spending of over 20 years working in top investment banks and also is a qualified clinical hypnotherapist and gestalt therapy trained, she is using her unique firsthand experience of working inside these industries to disrupt traditional business models, activating wealth and elevating conscious leadership among global communities. 
Alara experienced two near-death experiences, age two and four, which radically shaped her life. The effects led her on a healing journey of initiations to alchemize abuse, overcome illness, find her inner voice, and embody her spiritual gifts, guiding her and activate her inner power to live unapologetically. She believes that we each hold the power within to heal ourselves, access our intuition, and elevate our consciousness so we can lead our lives from a state of wholeness rather than pain. She believes we are here to thrive, not suffer. Alara is driven by deep desire to help the conscious leaders heal from past trauma, rewrite their life script, and align to soul, which in turn will bring great positive change to our planet. During her last visit, Alara opened our eyes to the mysteries of past lives and the significant role they play in our current existence. Now we delve deeper. Alara returns to unfold more layers of spiritual wisdom. Together, we'll journey through the concepts of connecting with the universe, understanding our soul's intricate path, and the transformative experience of embracing our true spiritual selves. So settle in, open your hearts, and prepare to be inspired. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. We have here lovely Alara Dawn. We, I had to bring her back on because I was so inspired and so encouraged and so fascinated by her speaking on our show last. Uh, we were talking about past lives, spiritual awakening, how to clear past lives. And this is and some of the work that she actually does to help people do that. And I wanted her on. So I'm so excited for part two with Miss Alara. And if you are just listening to this right now, go back to part one. I think it's episode 101 <laughs> or 100. I forget. But go back and listen to it and then come back to part two and everything will just tie in together beautifully for you. Alara, thank you so much for joining me on my show today. It's always an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for having me back. I'm super excited. 2024 and already so many amazing uh conversations and energies and stuff that we know <laughs> we right. want to talk about. <laughs> i know we were talking earlier uh alara and i and we were discussing all these oh i was discussing her what i'm experiencing now and she was like well yes this is this is all everything that that's all ties to my spiritual journey i'm like wow this makes so much sense talk about egypt talk about atlantis i'm like this is exactly what i'm learning about right now and so i'm so excited this conversation is so meant to be happening at this moment so I'm excited <laughs> Hermes as well we want to because I think it's so synchronistic because in yeah. our last conversation we were talking about like shamanic stuff and things happening in the house and it was like wow that really helps me and just now you were like I was like oh have you heard about Atlantis like where would your audience be you know because I never quite know the the breadth of all the depth to go and um and then you pop up the book on the emerald tablets and I think it's really powerful to mention it because um yeah, Hermes Trismegistus has been one of my guides from the early, you know, experiences, probably about a decade now. He is a taskmaster, um, and I've got connections with him through Egypt and Atlantis, and that's why, as a soul, I brought him back, you know, or we agreed that he would help me on my kind of accelerated journey. And really, you know, looking at what's happening in the world at the moment, this fall of hierarchy, this fall of, you know, the Babylon almost, it's because this has been about 60 to 70% of the people on earth, their collective karma is in connection to Atlantis and Egypt and Babylon. And what we're seeing with the power structures in particular, uh, some of the 
more dodgy stuff that's actually been announced in this first week of January. Read through the codes of what that may mean. Uh, you know, certain lists, shall we say, um, that's all linked back into these same players. So if we can imagine in a certain timeline, if in uh, Atlantis there were, you know, this was probably the most advanced high-tech spiritually advanced um, area of society and it wasn't just one place, people started wanting to crack the code of creation. They were abusing their powers. They took it too far. It went into hierarchy. It fell. It went into power of the darkness. Not, not, and there's a kind of an understanding with spiritual communities, meaning I'm talking about the dark uh, consciousness, meaning malevolent, not connected to source, rather than just darkness as in within you know the polarity side of things because they are quite different things and, and you you know we were talking about people on the spiritual journey a lot of this is new terminology but i want to also mention the spiritual communities and the healing communities and the coaching communities do not take everything that you take as gospel same way with the religious teaching mm -hmm. because every single area every single power structure community within the world has been influenced by past karma, collective karma and distortion. So we're gonna see a, dis a disbanding of many of these structures. So even some of these books that you have, take that information and be like, okay, I'm gonna chew over this. When did the book come through firstly? You know, many of these books on this kind of new age stuff came in around, I'd say 19 kind of 50s, 19, probably in the 1960s, 1970s onwards. And there was a big kind of interest in consciousness expansion. But everything that comes through is through the lens of that individual. So at that time, um, there's a there's an author called Dion Fortune. And if you read one of her books, um, she's got a lot of certain, you know, opinions about that are of that time that may well have been accepted at that time. But she is viewing the world through those, not only her experiences, but through those judgments, those unconscious bias. So remember that through every text you, you read, you have that lens that it's come through. And just because somebody can write articulately doesn't mean it's embodied. And that was the difference with the Emerald Tablets and the, the Mystery School teachings is that there were a lot of corruptions that happened. And that's deliberate because it was to almost like give you part one to eight, miss nine and ten, because then the power stayed with the high elite rather than the actual, you know, the masses. So we were missing some of it. And this is why those that are awakening on journeys that have certain past lives and they're actually going to go in and do the alchemy of uh, their karmic pieces, they reclaim their healing gifts, their understanding, and they get the keys and they can open the doors. So what it means is that you're going to have people like myself, and I'm not saying this was like an easy feat. It was, you know, through the baptism of fire, um, to unlock that within myself so that I could be able to transmit it and bring it through to assist others in actually clearing their own Atlantean karmas or the deeper pieces. Because what it meant is I knew so deeply in my soul that even I have a, a couple of modalities that I was I bring through. One of them I wasn't even prepared to uh, teach because of the power of it. And I just didn't want there to be any potential of somebody malevolently getting their hands on it down the line and it's only been very recently that I've allowed it so we've got to think many of these systems healing modalities that you know go in there and be like okay always have discernment always look beyond 
And that's the key with anything on this spiritual journey. Just because somebody has a book does not make them an expert. And we have to almost still be running this through our own system of discernment. And um, yeah, otherwise, one of the biggest initiations on the spiritual awakening journey is discernment. And, you know, we will bring in a teacher who will be wonky, shall we say, and we will learn discernment through that experience. And that will be seen as a soul contract and a gift and some karma to clean up. But if I can alert people to go into things more consciously and question things and have better boundaries, then you're going to find the ride a lot smoother. Yeah, I was going to say during my spiritual awakening, well, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but I was drinking a lot. And then it wasn't until 2017 that I became sober. Then as soon as I became sober, I just was curious about, okay, what is, because I wasn't spiritual, I wasn't religious or anything. I just was just drinking. Yeah. numbing myself numbing my gifts numbing everything about myself and I was like okay well let me check out you know the Christian church and I was drawn to there and immediately when I got in there I must have been the energy it must have been something but I was just sobbing because I knew that I needed I belonged and I knew I was in the wrong from whatever I was doing in the past mm -hmm. and just I was crying and so I just started becoming more involved in the church and you know meeting a bunch of women that we had similar interest in, you know, I shared my story one day and they were so fascinated by it. They're like, wow, this is incredible. I was really into that community. And that's what I needed at that time. And actually wound up meeting my husband, who is my husband now. Uh, we've been married almost uh, four years. And <laughs> I met him at the church. But we noticed like, okay, we're getting sermons, you know, but it really wasn't aligning to our core values and what we actually believed in. And so we're like, well, wait a minute here even though the Bible is the Bible, you know, and then my husband will disagree on me on this because he's always about just the Bible, but I'm like, no, the Bible is written by man. <laughs> and so, and translated so many times, you don't really know what it means anymore. You really have to ask source itself, you know, like, hey, show me what I need to know inside the Bible. And it, that way you can interpret it for me so I can have a better understanding for where I'm at in my life currently. And so that's where I was like, okay, so I was learning more and more about things. And then 2020 hits. And then I really had a lot of time to do a lot of self-discovery. And I was researching, I was learning more about the icky world that we live in and noticing how much I was, we were so deceived. It's like, man, talk about, yes, as being sheep <laughs> and doing as they say with all these rules, the government. And um, we were just watching V for Vendetta last night. It's like one of my favorite movies. It came out in 2006, but it's so important to understand what 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 they want us to be. But we we're, so, we're so much more though. So thank you for sharing that with, because I think spiritual awakening is different for everybody. You know, you might go to your yoga class and do a bit of meditation or a bit of breath work. And that helps you deeper connect and, you know, with your emotions and everything. But that's a very different kind of path to maybe as you've experienced, you know, there's a, a big reason to get rid of an addiction. There is a calling. There's the veil being lifted and they're able to see what you couldn't see before. They're completely different. And I think it's not that one's uh, better than the other, because I actually think we need some of this as well as this and actually quite frankly you need all of those kind of self-care things because it's part of the foundation for you to process the new consciousness and everything that you know you're receiving um and and it's also about okay well am i avoiding anywhere am i avoiding looking at the discomfort am i avoiding feeling the discomfort 
And, you know, when we say it's like an icky world and there's lots out there to kind of unpick, there's many rabbit holes. But it's also understanding how much of this programming, because it is programming, have we inherited? And how is that holding me back from my life, from my purpose and from being able to connect with my truth and express? Because I feel like in the kind of Western world, you know, as women, we are privileged. We have a lot more rights and opportunities and we've had more freedom than you know any other generation however that doesn't mean that we have not found ourselves in like many little boxes and still find yourself in many little boxes and then attempt to step out of them and you realize everybody wants you back in the box and I feel that is also a big part of the kind of spiritual awakening it's like well where do I fit in in society which hasn't really caught up but I want to drop something in here 2024 is the year that society catches up 2024 is the year that your organizations that have all their wonky stuff going on, this is your year to go in there and be that pioneer and make that change because people's consciousness is shifting. And when there is enough people that can't can now see what they couldn't see before, it spurs people into action. It's change, creativity. So although people might be feeling like, oh my God, I put on the news and doom and gloom, turn the news off. Don't take that as a source of information that is going to keep you at a lower frequency. But yeah, what are your ideas? People, if you can see the problem, you can channel a solution. And all of us have so many different expertise. Like I've been sharing, you know, I'm actually very intellectual, very techie. I come from a finance background. So why should I put that aside and then just be in the woo-woo camp? And I'm not, I'm multidimensional, I'm multifaceted. So like if people are listening to this thinking, oh God, what do I need to give up and sacrifice in order to tap into my soul and who I am? You don't, that's the opposite. The, the irony is much of these spiritual communities and the way that the new age kind of set up was, is that you were somehow extracting yourself from the embodiment and the physical world. We just need to upgrade the physical world. We need to change the way our perceptions have been around materialism and, and uh, you know, the disproportionate kind of power systems but that comes through us really getting in connection with ourselves and whatever route that is like we are where we are at this point so you might still be in business you might still be in a corporation or you might be at home whatever your the changes that you're meant to bring through you're in the right spot and you have the expertise or some of the listeners, you know, who are like, well, what is a spiritual awakening? And how do I know that I'm actually going through the process? Can you describe what that is and how it might actually manifest in someone's life? Yeah, and I think there's different degrees. of it. I would say that um, now there's more general consciousness of things like soul. That's a word that's used in marketing a lot. So, and people meditate and they might try and connect to higher self. These are words and people are bringing in consciousness like awareness of it so it's normalized so it's now you can go to like yoga and do a sound bath without it feeling like you're you aren't you could do all of that and not necessarily be spiritually awakened shall we say but from my perspective when there is a spiritual awakening it's when the soul has activated its dna to start the chakra opening it is about moving towards the heart opening which is essentially that is the awakening because that is when you're going to start to be able to see beyond the veil. It is kind of your dreams become much more active. You may be aware of more um, high dimensional information. You may start to be able to see past lives. Um, and that is where we're really bringing in that other part that's been completely cut off from ourselves, which is soul and energetics. 
you know we've been told with this mind body and physicality but missing the fact that actually that is just the dense form that the soul is animating through all of it is you but it's just that's the lens that we've been locked in so I feel that there's a lot of people that consume so we can have somebody that talks and talks and talks because they're they're consuming lots online there's so much information you could be an expert from reading stuff online but it doesn't mean that you've actually gone ah what does that mean for me oh my god that changes my complete reality about something and oh gosh, now who am I and who's everyone else? It becomes an identity shift, not a contrived uh, glow up. Um, quite frankly, generally, it's a, some form of, depends what kind of baptism of fire you go through. Um, it strips you of something that is numbing you from being able to feel both pain and pleasure. And we live in a polarity you know, experience at this time whereby you know, the depths of the pain uh, is also gives you the contrast of both the light and the, the bliss that you can have. So it's connecting into often the feeling that we couldn't do before and also our light. And, and interestingly this year, I feel that there's gonna be a big wave of people questioning their connection to God, but what is God? And actually, have I grown up in an environment where it's been fear-based, it's male, um, because that's how it's been taught. And actually, I've given a lot of my power away to an organizational priest that's meant to connect for me. And that came in through Babylon. And that was deliberate because that was to disconnect the, the masses from connecting to their own source light. So many might be proficient in lots of repeating of other things because it's such a powerful teaching and, you know, community, etc. But I feel that many people are going to be figuring out, well, does all of that serve me now and who I am and how I want to see society be. And I think that redefinition comes through a new, fresh connection to our self, soul, and God ourselves. Uh, meaning that that's a journey, and that's a journey of the light. And then that means looking at shadows. So when we're beginning to look at uh, spiritual awakening, um, there will be some that chase the light. So I'm just all love and light, and I want to connect up with the angels, and that's great, but the thing is, it's often not embodied, meaning they haven't worked through the programming, the woundings, the unmet needs and stuff that live within the body, the field, the cells. And the, the, these imprints and these animations are within the, within the energy field. So it becomes like, which part of the journey are you on? And for myself, I it was like express clearing when the soul piece happened because I went through, you know, therapy so that's cognitive you know clinical hypnotherapy gestalt therapy so I was doing embodiment stuff to you know understand my patterns I was going into the subconscious but if you're just doing even past life stuff through hypnosis you actually need to do the deeper soul work and the energetic uh I call it the architecture work to release yourself from whatever you've been up to in these past lives because that energy is a bleed into now. And that's where really the quantum physics, because lots of people are getting into manifestation that's, you know, understanding, tap into the quantum field, the void, being able to manifest in certain ways. And it will take you to a point, but you can't escape your own karma. And that's really when the soul intervention comes in, is that it's a difference between just I consciousness, me, and we consciousness moving into like the soul consciousness. And that's where we get pushed towards purpose. We get pushed towards um, knowing we're here for something bigger. And if we've been through, you know, all of these experiences that 
I, it's not in vain. There is something, a higher purpose that I'm here for, and I'm allowing myself to be that vessel for it. And there's so many access points here because this, this is all part of the same cosmos of experience. And uh, many people are going to be going through these. And what I would say is if you are uh, in a loop and the same thing is repeating, even if you're going to healers or you're doing the same thing, it means that you need the added toolkit. Something needs to expand. And if, because our tools will work to one point, that's kind of why I was given these like, go off and train, do these things. It gave me this reference point in encyclopedia, but it didn't actually clear the route. And then I was initiated into clear the route. And that is why I've been able to access and open up so much, but also ground it because I was going to that depth and I didn't have a choice. There was like, literally, I didn't go looking for it. I wasn't like, oh, what might I dig into? No, I got the floods of the flashbacks, the, you know, all the experiences and stuff from these different timelines started animating both in physical through my body. I would actually see a flashback and then feel the experience of whatever was going on through my dreams, um, coming into groups of people that I knew and I'd be able to see exactly what we'd all been doing. The timelines became active and my multidimensional self was switching on because it's like you need to see truly what's going on and who's around you because you now need to clean up this stuff. And in doing so, I was retrieving not only past life wisdom, I was recalling parts of myself. So in doing so, I was bringing my soul back into my body. So I was basically building up more light to hold more light. And, you know, all the experiences of persecution, of suppression, of having no sovereignty, of all of everything in this, I'm a very old soul in many, many lifetimes. And it's incredibly humbling when you really realize the version of you you thought you were is like really completely different. And you see all the things you've done you know, we'll say wrong. You see all the things you've done to hurt others. You've seen the things that, you know, those people that came in and hurt you loads. Well, it, you know, you can hold on to that story. But then when you see what you did to them last time, you're a bit like, okay, forgiveness. So forgiveness is this code that removes the quantum entanglement from both in this lifetime and others. Um, our connection to that, that energy entanglement um, and doing forgiveness, not just, oh, I forgive you, because there's nothing going on there energetically. Um, one of the things that I bring in with my my immersions is we actually go in and do it at soul level and we are doing it as ceremony and pulling in those other people. And it's being done at a level that means that it actually breaks that tie. That's the entanglement that stops it happening again. And for every painful experience, every piece of abuse of all types, Let's go up to soul level. And that is how you start to really start to open up to completely new realities for yourself. And that is that is really where we're going into kind of, a, we call it advanced spirituality, but it's really the, the stuff they didn't want us to know. It's the reasons why, you know, the Egyptian mystery schools, you know, there was corruption. There was a fall of the mystery schools as well. But much of the teachings, so you've got Pope there on your Emerald Tablets, um, much of the te teachings were hidden. Um, and the people that went through the initiations, it was within them, their bloodline, their DNA, their souls, that they held the wisdom within them. And when the temples fell, they weren't safe to be able to continue to teach. Mm -hmm. So when I, my uh, Egyptian timelines actually activated very early into 2016, and they were quite horrific, quite a few of them. And I mean, it's loads of layers of it. 
um, and in particular in connection to the ISIS cult, uh, goddess ISIS. And um, yeah, having to go through and understand pretty much my whole family had been part of that timeline. So how do you then correlate who you thought they were now in your life to who they were? That is a big consciousness leap in itself. But that's where we're going into the lens of the soul, not just who this person is on the surface. It's like who is behind this animation, this meat suit. And that's where we really begin to kind of completely see through the veils. And we're going into this period of uh, frequency, which means that when the heart is open, you can feel the distortion and who's who and whatever else, because the information is through the heart and you can, that electromagnetic field. So we start to use that as an additional um, sensory toolkit with the mind and the gut um, to be able to figure out, you know, what is the right path for us or am I being pulled off in the wrong direction? And your spiritual awakening will take you through kind of not just you sit in one, it's kind of this smorgasbord of all of it. And if you um, are like me, highly tenacious, my nickname was like the bloodhound because I was like, I'm going to track, I'm going to find where this goes to. Um, and for, for both good and bad to a degree, getting yourself tangled up in things, um, but you're learning. It's all about learning and being with somebody that is, this is another thing that's important, is something called law of entrainment, understand the universal laws. Law of entrainment means somebody that is at a uh, dominant or higher frequency, if you're around them, like if somebody's in one of my immersions, the group is being entrained both to my energy and the energies we, we bring in, which automatically means that you elevate and you're able to understand things a lot easier than you are attempting to figure it out yourself. Because through that collective field, it's a collective morphogenic field. So Rupert Sheldrake, if anybody wants to read up on what morphogenic fields are, um, it means that we are influenced by every group field that we're within and the collective is part of that. So this is why this year and following will be so accelerated because the group collective field, the morphogenic field where everybody is plugged into, if 50% of them all open their hearts, we have a mass awakening on earth and we're at 49% at the moment. So the more that we are actually taking these practices of you know connecting to the light and when i say connecting to the light that pillar of light that channel we're starting to really choose to connect to higher self to angelics to help entrain our energies higher we start to shift both ourselves and we actually activate others around us because it becomes a cellular change so you might notice that yes you become less aligned with people around you in your circles you might actually trigger them into their own awakening. And I see that as a catalyst effect as well. So it's like literally there's no black and white. It is choose your own adventure. If you want to go fast, you want to go deep, then you need, you know, make that intention. I can tell you the teacher comes along or Hermes will come along for me. <laughs> and then <laughs> my ass and take me through, you know, the kind of magical realms of exploration. So, yeah, I don't think it... I, always draw outside the box and I would say that the reason my work is bespoke is because every single soul has some such unique I learn something new every single time and when I'm doing the deeper work myself everything gets you know almost reverse engineered and compressed so I can fast track people through without there's not a kind of blind leading the blind um and yeah that that 
it's not easy. It's it's not always easy. And one of the core things is uh, trusting yourself, you know, because you're going to be given lots of contrasting information. And a lot of the stuff online is people that aren't really embodied. Mm. There's a lot of almost fantasy. So a lot of the religious teachings as well are almost an ascension where you're, you're leaving the body. That's it. Bye. We're ascending out here. Back off to heaven. See you later. But actually the ascension is in truth about us being able to both uh, ascend our consciousness into a higher levels of self because there's not just 5D, there's many more dimensional levels of self, but be able to actually bring that into this physical vessel. But the, the barrier there is the heart and the lower three chakras because the consciousness shift that was blocking us here was to keep us locked into personal will and you know basically the lower self. So it's about all of the childhood wounding and the programming. Clear that, the light comes in, we're going to see a very different reality because everybody's going to start creating. They're going to start to get more ideas. And yeah, that's the thing also. Spiritual awakenings are deep periods of often creativity. We can create a lot through pain. You could write music through your pain and your heartbreak. You know, some of the most amazing pieces of art and books and stories have come through the experiences and the expression of people's um, experiences so you know you may be tapping into myself I did it the inner scribe definitely that my writing my book when I launched my business it was all based on blogs initially because I was channeling through all this stuff for the collective to help them and um, then you know obviously it becomes more online and screens and everything as well but uh, yeah, tune into what is your creative outlet because that is what your spiritual awakening will also activate. You just said, you pointed everything. I was like, oh yes, 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 yes. And yes, <laughs> uh, going back to uh, the whole frequency and energy and you're right, you know, it was that teacher. I was ready to have that teacher to then expand my thinking and do to, to finally think differently, not what, what, I'm, what people are telling me what to think, but to use my own mind, my own thoughts. Where is this come from? My own spirit. So yes, the teacher was there and I learned and learned and learned. And then that's when I delve deeper into what I wanted to know more of. And that's what helped me. And then I'm getting messages from, I don't know who or what source. I'm just going to call it source. And, but I'm getting it and I'm getting it more and more and more every day. But it wasn't so pretty. Like you said, we go through the experiences where, you know, even with my husband, I'm going to, this is on a personal note here. When I was going through what I was going through in 2020, 2021 and sharing things, he thought, you're crazy. What are you talking about? I know that's not right. No, no, no. And I'm like, but, 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 but it's like, you know, how, <laughs> it's like you want to share so much, but yet yeah. they're not ready to hear it. What, what do we do in situations like that? I mean, it's so interesting because uh, every connection that's come forth at the moment has been, you know, through soul contracts. So often, you know, the feminine polarity, shall we say, opens up the channel, starts receiving all the information. So you start doing your evolution and and he's basically like, who's this new woman and what is she talking about? And who am I married to or who am I with now? Um and I feel that on some level for in a lot of those dynamics, and it doesn't matter whether it's same sex or, you know, it doesn't really matter. Usually one will be kind of going through their inner work, making changes. You know, if both of you were codependent with alcohol, 
then if one stops, then there's a big question about either this relationship grows together or it doesn't. So it's also for soul growth. It's always about soul growth. And the future state will be that we're not just coming together because of soul contracts or karma. We're getting to choose. Do we actually grow and that allows both of us to grow together in this relationship or do we actually um do we have the freedom to be able to explore and you know because both of you will have different timeline experiences now if you can be open to his and he can be open to yours you've got this osmosis of amazing like collective field of information and you can then see things that need to be changed or or new ideas of how to raise your family or how to live so it's got the potential to be hugely unified and creative but in your kind of day-to-day you know some people may just not be able to get it at all but I feel on some level a lot of the men especially um in the earlier waves they weren't waking up because actually there was a level of we can't have a destabilization of loads of men waking up as well because again it's like how we can't have everybody at the same level because it would create too much destabilization in the collective field and it would mean chaos. So on some level, he anchors and grounds whilst you're going through your exploration and just gradually he begins to adjust. And um, I remember working with a lot of people in couples in the beginning and um, it created almost like, you know, they're activating and connecting all to this, this source energy and more feminine energy as well, their sexual energy, and they're beginning to maybe activate Kundalini or or they've maybe also done some of the deeper priestess work. So that's some of the other work that I do where we're going into, you know, healing the sisterhood wounds and also the connection to our sexual energy, which again, Egypt, big piece around there. You know, Guys will naturally, because you're also in a relationship and you're, you know, being intimate, on a cellular level, there is a shift that is going on. And I feel that if this happened five years ago, it's harder for maybe them to kind of swallow it, understand it. But now we've got enough people that are talking about woo and, you know, it's kind of a bit more mainstream that it's not so frightening for them to get on board that somebody might have different opinions or views or they're going to grow. You know, I think I mentioned this, it might be this podcast or another, but 2008, when I first went into therapy, nobody talked about therapy and certainly not in the UK. That was if you're bonkers. So think about now, everybody has it. If you've got a problem, let's talk about it. We need to be processing it. We, you know, so everybody's consciousness has shifted and softened and expanded a bit that it's like it's not totally off the, you know, realms of reality and I think that that's also, rather than trying to convert somebody or, you know, um, impose your views on them, be more of yourself and invite somebody in to kind of, because ultimately they care about you. They don't want you to be, you know, she's joining a cult now. She's gone bonkers. Has she gone insane? Like, if it's that extreme, like, you know, I think the key thing there is about communication. It's like when we go through these, you know, inner alchemy, the change is, you know, communicating that sometimes with others. And, you know, I went, <laughs> it's quite funny, some of the people that I used to work with, um, I mean, it was like there was a different person coming along because of the work that I was doing. But people kind of got used to it. I mean, they didn't really have a choice because I was still getting the job done, but I was I was evolving and I wasn't going to hide that. And if we can see it as this is part of our blossoming and blooming, and actually then that inspires him to explore himself you know his own journey 
then I think that's positive. And I think there's also a lot more male communities now where they can start to heal their connection, not only with their own masculine, where their masculine side of self was, you know, through parents and men that didn't express themselves or there was only a certain way of expressing emotions and therefore they have their own wounds and repression. There's a lot of, you know, retreats, coaches, different people that can support men that want to explore you know, their own relationship with themselves without them needing to be bonkers or massively into the spiritual side of things. I think you've just got to go where you're ready. And some people go from like zero to a hundred because that's where their path is. And then sometimes it is meant to be such a deconstruction of the identity they were that the only way that they would get there is almost that kind of experience. That isn't, I wouldn't say, I'd say it's quite rare, but, you know, I think it's communication. I think it's um, humor. Because some of this, when we look back at ourselves, when we're going through those kind of experiences of um, learning new things, when you realize how little you actually knew and how you were going about yourself, it's quite funny. And I think you have to laugh at yourself with some of this stuff as well. Otherwise, you would go bonkers. So. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, because um, going back to my husband, and I notice he's evolving as I'm evolving. He is evolving as well. And because we were talking, what was it yesterday? I think for yesterday or so. And he will put, I am your spiritual leader, right? And I said, let me pause on that for just a moment. And just I, I didn't want to just say something that I will probably regret. I said, you know what? Everybody who is in my journey path to our spirituality is my 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 leader or my my teacher, my spiritual teacher, because I'm learning from everybody. Obviously, they're in my world. And I'm in their world for a reason. And then we're going to be learning from each other. So I said, well, yes, you are. <laughs> so, but I feel like I'm being led also by source. <laughs> by children. I mean, gosh, you know, we can have a curriculum that teaches us patience. You know, we can have, it's, it, you know, it's, it's also the virtues. So, um, yeah, like we've all got, we will learn also in any relationship that we come in we will be bringing in our equal and opposite that holds the other side of often the same kind of unmet need or wound. So if you're going into childhood wounding and you kind of understand your experience and things like that, then it also means that you've probably got better visibility to understand things with them. Um, there's something called The Love Languages. Have you heard of that book? I've heard of that book, but I didn't look into it. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that yeah. one? Because I think that's a really easy access point. It's written by a uh, psychologist, I believe. And um, he was working with a lot of people that are coming in and realizing there was this like barrier to communication around personal needs and what love meant to an individual, i.e. how do I feel love? Or how is it demonstrated to me? So if you had parents and the way that they gave you or demonstrated love was to basically throw money at you and buy gifts and whatever else, if you then had a relationship with somebody and they gave you hugs or they, you know, made you your tea in the morning and theirs was maybe acts of service because that's what they thought love, you know, an expression of love, you may then end up perceiving that this person doesn't understand me, he blah, 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 and we make all these stories up because ultimately we've just not really understood what was the love language in our homes. And when we go, when we kind of then realize that we can kind of communicate in a different way, i.e. if I know that this individual, you know, my partner, it makes him really happy if I do this, then I feel good by communicating. And he knows that, that you know, it's physical touch often and, you know, words of affirmation. There's, there's, it's worthwhile reading the book. It's so simple. And there's also one for children. 
and teenagers, I think now. So that's a great one that you can bring your partner in with because he's getting something out of it. He's getting to understand himself better without it being a real technical jargon, you know, deconstruction type book. Um, but also, you know, ultimately, if you're with someone, you both want to be kind of happy together and you both want to feel that if I'm doing something nice for someone, that they're going to receive it. I'm not just, because you hear a lot of people that will say, you know, well, I bought him what I thought I would like. And you're like, yeah, but that's kind of part of the problem. So um, that's a really good access point. And then also it highlights, you know, when you begin to look at it and be like, well, I realize now that actually my, you know, I needed words of affirmation. And I worked with somebody a few years back and their love language was physical touch and words of affirmation. And as a child, they were never told that they were loved. And the way that this was actually showing up for him was he was going to like uh, massage parlors, should we say, because he needed physical touch because that was basically the way that he could get that translation of feeling loved. So it will play out in our addictions and our patterns. And often we don't know that, well, half the time, we don't know that what our actual needs would have been. And another thing that kind of is really useful, have you heard of attachment styles? No, never. Yes. Yeah. So this is this is the really amazing stuff. And this is really good for those people listening. When I was talking about, you know, people flying high up in the sky, when we go into the lower three, we're talking about root, sacral and uh, solar plexus. This is all to do with our relationship of bonding, attachment as a child, and that becomes our love languages. And it also forms our personalities or, or kind of defense mechanisms. This is all the lens because ultimately, like, just because maybe your mum couldn't give you whatever you needed as a child does not mean you're not lovable. And the wounds around that shape everything in our experience and our experience of safety and feeling safe to, you know, stretch our boundaries and try new things. And it shows up in business, in all areas of life. If we can understand ourselves better, love language, attachment styles. So we have like uh, insecure attachment, avoidant, um, and secure base. They're formed pretty much from womb to about 18 months, two years. But there's a book called Attached, and it's Amir, I can't remember the same, the, his name. It's a psychologist, and uh, there's two people that wrote it. It's got a quiz, though. So you can find it online and do the quiz, find out your attachment style. And the book that they've written is based on adult attachment style. So how is this actually showing up in your relationships? Because again, this creates this perception of yourself that's maybe not accurate, but also we project that onto everything else. So we make these stories up about people unconsciously and it relates to this stuff. This is the juicy stuff that if you can understand those patterns and have a better understanding of yourself and be able to go, okay, well, these are the foundational bits now, I know that I will have been conditioned by parents growing up in a certain experience of their family conditioning. You know, they were passed down their toolkit from parents that didn't have all the tools in the toolkit. Therefore, I've been passed down my toolkit from people that didn't have all the tools in the toolkit. So rather than me then just passing this back down again to the next generation, I'd then be able to start to look at ancestral healing. And this is backed by science. We've got epigenetics. Epigenetics doesn't look that far back. Uh, but in the work I do and the work I've done for myself, I've gone back 44 generations for some of this stuff. Oh, so wow. ancestral pieces then begin to look at 
you know, great great grandmother didn't experience something very nice, or did it, you know, experience something not very nice, that epigenetically then affects us. So then we begin to start to look at our own fears and unconscious fears and stuff, and maybe how we view the world, because it's come through the family line. And to be honest, spiritual awakening is about ultimately this healing of ourselves but then we get to send that energy back through all these generations so we break the generational chains for everybody and this is big work this is the difference and this is also where you know and it's interesting because you know manifestation law of attraction everyone's like right i want the bentley i want more money i want this that the other but the flip side is what happens if you were to turn around and go you know what i've experienced absolute hell around money i grew up in experiences that i never ever want to repeat Therefore, I'm going to be the chain maker. I'm going to be the one that is going to find whatever which way that these things are not repeated. That means I need to understand myself. I need to understand the patterns. And I need to understand those that I've incarnated through, essentially. Because if I've got blood in my body, then that is alive. That's the key to spiritual awakening. Because ultimately, the stuff that's going to come up, the stories, the fear and all the rest of it, and the, the illusions... It's not even from this timeline. Some of it's like ancestral. So it's like those two access points then beginning to look at, you know, okay, if if they didn't have all the tools in the toolkit, if I make the commitment that I'm going to break all these chains, but I'm doing it with God, source and soul, and it's part of my purpose, and then I'm going to teach others, I can tell you what, all doors will move, teachers will come in, everything will shine up for you. We have to say yes. And some of us like myself are here to literally, you know, pull the Jenga game down because, you know, this past stuff is not happening again. So when we're really looking at, you know, spiritual awakening, it's like it's broad. And if you were in a family with somebody, then you're influenced by their money, you're influenced by how they were raised. So this isn't, you know, whether you're single in a relationship, whatever, all of us have a level of kind of responsibility to have a better understanding of ourselves and it will help you through spiritual awakenings yeah so let's talk about the work that you do um how do you help those who are trying to learn who they are and uh, not apologize for it anymore (laughs) yeah so uh ways of working with people and i've actually created something called because i think it's a key foundation is energy hygiene because we're interacting with lots of different people and we're also interacting with so much technology which means that we're taking in information it's affecting the astral field it's affecting our subconscious so we need to be able to know what's the difference between all of that stuff and our own so i've created a like a program basically that is like a foundation so that is something that you know you're overwhelmed you're triggered immediately cuts through it takes you out the trigger starts clearing that energy out allowing you the spaciousness to then do some deeper work Now, the way that I work is usually through immersions. So usually six weeks up to three months as a group. And within that, we are utilizing what would be TOF. We are bringing in, uh, it's an initiation. In in the uh, Egyptian times, the high priestess would have led an initiation, meaning that you would have been coming forth to the records and you would have said, look, okay, if I commit to learning this certain thing, Uh, what I actually do is not only do I gain something by soul growth, but that gets stored in the Akashic records and all the other souls that are due to incarnate then get to access this field of consciousness. So I work with many different spiritual teams and spiritual like 
beings and consciousness, including the individuals, teams, ancestors, whoever needs to come in. We are working uh, online usually, unless it's one of my uh, pilgrimages, my activation retreats where we would go to certain places. Um, but we are setting an attention. So it will be something like, um, I did a multi-dimensional priestess immersion, for example, that was about bringing your next version of soul aspect self in because she holds the keys to basically your next level. And we went through the journey of understanding the subconscious blocks. We went into the past lives. We went into the uh, pieces in the childhood that needs healing. And it's done in a real graceful way because we are, because I'm able to help people see what they can't see, we get to have the conscious awareness of what happened. And then I can do the clearing work to do the full disentanglement and bring the soul back. So it meant that they essentially are getting this compressed experience or accelerated experience whilst being held in a, you know, container that allows them to do the, oh my gosh, I'm learning these new things because you, you put, it's not just what happens in the, the ceremony, it's what happens in the days and the weeks afterwards. And without the integration, the support, somebody that can actually not pull you, because most people go back in their stories because that's their only point of reference. We're actually expanding this because there's a higher level of soul consciousness to come in. So it may well be that the soul holds a certain viewpoint of things and I will act to bring that, that information through, which then helps people forgive, to release, to step into holding more of their own soul. Because ultimately they've, they've had three months of experiencing these layers of illusion, shall we say, in their life. But also what happens is they're holding more soul frequency and they're around other people, so they're learning. Everybody in the group will be sharing. So that means you're getting like, you know, 10 times the level of accelerated experience because you're learning so much from each other. So it's not black and white. It's not a two-step process. The intention of the group means that whatever our intention is, by the end of that, it's never linear. By the end of that three months, everything that we have set an intention around has manifested. It has brought forward. Um, and it's done in a graceful way. Obviously, I've got a clinical background. I'm looking at this being really grounded, not only into the body, but they're actually making changes in their lives. Um, I focus very much also around energy hygiene and self-care rituals to allow you to go through that level of transformation. Um, and those are my spaces. And it is based on, you know, the initiation and the high priestess that holds that through whatever that initiation is. And I've done this through, you know, money, um, through... Uh, and the Atlantean immersion I actually did and worked with people to clear their Atlantean karma a few years ago. So whatever I had gone through, I was able to then embody it and birth that through for others to essentially get the fast track because they were stepping up with me. So, you know, those that were wanting to expand, they knew they had something big to do here. But these are pieces that are like massive blind spots. And when we say yes to soul, yes to source, we want to step into something, we're going to also receive what the, the karmic layering is, the not just stepping out of the comfort zone, but the what is in the way is going to come up. And some of this is magical. You know, we've got timelines in Atlantis and Egypt. You're talking, you know, lots of deep magic and stuff that needs to be undone. And it's kind of also part of the work I do and part of my abilities is to really get to the root of this stuff so we you know disentangle it and demystify it as well because 
so much of what I'm doing, being in that existential space means that you are embodying and coding. It's what we did in, in Egypt. We we were existentially experiencing it. It's not me telling you something, therefore you're meant to believe me. You're experiencing it, therefore it is encoded in you. It has a cellular and a DNA expression change, and it's about you being able to connect better to your soul. And the toolkits to be able to do that um, are what I provide. So everybody's provided with whatever they need. And this goes the same with you know, people transforming from maybe being in a corporate career to wanting to leave, not knowing what their purpose is, or maybe you know, there are certain markers that I say are really important before you leave your corporate job. If you're going into something purpose-led, your money story is going to come up, most definitely. Uh, your experiences around um, tech, you know, like being able to problem solve. A lot of people in the kind of spiritual communities get so caught up in feminine energy. But when it comes to actually, you know, creating strong foundations, all of their tr triggers and avoidance comes up. That stuff needs to kind of be worked through. Where does it come from? We've got a lot of programming about women not being able to manage money well, you know, like girl math, all this bullshit, basically. <laughs> and also, you know, that we're somehow not capable of having the more techie capabilities. All of these things that we essentially want to step into, there's going to be a growth element of skill set and also unraveling sometimes the trauma around it because we've had a traumatic event where we've held ourselves back by being told you can't do something or you're whatever else. But often it's this all is about, you know, healing all of that. And often lots of projections that came in as a child from mothers who were unhappy, mothers who had their own issues, mothers who were jealous of their daughters, you know, narcissistic mother or mother with borderline personality disorder. Many of the women that I work with have experienced that or had families that have addictions or alcoholism, that also distorts your own experience. Those things need to be alchemized, and that is the freedom. And often a lot of our perception of ourselves is based on the projections and the woundings. It's about alchemizing that so we can actually be empowered to step forward into actually who we are or who we actually choose to be at this time, because it gets to grow and we get to change and reinvent ourselves and you know, it's, it's it's exciting times. We have that invitation now because the women before us really didn't. Right. And you said it's something about 49, we're at 49% of the hu human consciousness collective. No, it's exciting. I actually have something. I know we mentioned it very briefly last time. Um, there is a link that we're going to share and it's called The Eclectic Woman. And it's designed specifically to, in an hour and a half, so you could download this and most people, when they set their goals at this time, they're based on linear goals or the past projected into the future, or I'm not as good as her, therefore I better maybe not make their goals that big. When you bring source and soul on board and when you get your uh, smaller self out the way, and you start to allow yourself to tap into more of who you are, you can actually see what your true highest timelines are. I've created a mini program for free that they get taken through that. And then also a subliminal subconscious programming, which is about um, being financially supported and the opportunities are fully there around us because often we've got blinkers on because 
we can't see all the opportunities because we don't believe they're even possible. Mm -hmm. So in removing the subconscious and the energetic blocks, we get to see the doorways that are there to help us. So that is a gift women for 2024. It has both healing, subconscious work, soul work. It's deep. It's a something they can come back to as well. It's not like once a year. Once you get closer, you go in and do it again. You get the next layer, then you move forwards. So it's a new way of manifesting with soul and tapping into source and utilizing the light frequency to also help create the life they want rather than hustle or thinking that you're manifesting on your own or just throwing it out to the universe you this year is about co-creation it's about understanding our connection to everything in the universe therefore if you work with soul contracts and with source you're going to actually find it a lot easier because you've got access to more of your own energy as well so it really brings in lots of different layers in a very succinct way. So it's, it's useful for somebody that's advanced or completely new. You will receive what you need and um, it's directed also by your higher self and your team. So you will get more out of it each time you use it. That's beautiful. And yes, I put that one in the uh, the last podcast that we did. I do have that link on there as well. But yeah. I will put this one on this show notes. And and also your website. Uh, where can, what is your website? It's, I have it here. Yeah, very easy. <laughs> your name.com. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's amazing. Again, thank you so much for joining me on my show. I always feel like I learn so much more when I speak with you. I'm like, wow, I just get so fascinated and just draw into that energy. And it's the energy that I needed for, for, for right now. So thank you for that. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to hear what Hermes and Toad are going to uh, conjure up for you. And <laughs> now you've got your book as well. <laughs> I am so excited too. I'm like, oh, I'm learning. Yay. <laughs> well, thank you so much. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety. The other, a personal sharing from my journey, a six-step blueprint towards an alcohol-free life. These are the steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's the word GIFT, G-I-F-T, at 1-855-649-6196. With all of my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.